Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is time for Searching the Scriptures in the October issue of The Lutheran Witness. We're going to dig into that in just a moment with Pastor Matt Wood. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Matt Wood. He's a pastor serving the Lord in Indonesia with Indonesia Christian Lutheran Church and author of this month's Uh, searching the scriptures in the October issue of The Lutheran Witness. Pastor Wood, thanks so much for joining us again on The Coffee Hour. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So what's the theme of searching the scriptures this month? Well, the the theme is faith in in things that we don't see. Uh, And what a better month to do it than the month of the Reformation in October. Amen. Amen. So any any insights before we dig into the, the text today or anything you want us to know? We're looking at what, Galatians chapter 3 today, is that right? Yes, Galatians chapter 3. Well, just maybe an overview of the first couple chapters of Galatians. Paul is admonishing the Galatians not to give up the gospel of all things, accomplished by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they were in danger of doing that by taking on the Mosaic law in order to have a a right relationship with God. And Paul reaches kind of the height of his exhortation, uh, of uh, of his argument here in chapter three. So that's what we'll look at today. All right, let's dig in. Uh, it's a first question says, read Galatians 3, 1 through 6. In a series of rhetorical questions, Paul asks the Galatians, how did you receive the Spirit? What two options does Paul provide and which one is correct? Would you like to read that for us, Pastor? Sure. Galatians chapter 3. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. So here we have some rhetorical questions. Uh, He asks, how did you receive the Spirit? What two options does he provide and which one is correct, Pastor? Yeah, the thing about rhetorical questions is you're not really supposed to answer them, but sometimes we need to, all right? uh, Just so... Uh, we know that we're on the same page with Paul. So Paul is putting before the Galatians and also then before us the works of the law and faith. And he's he's asking the Galatians point blank, how did you come to know God, the true God? How did you come to know Jesus? Was it through works of the law? Was it because of something you did? 
or was it because you heard and believed? And the correct answer is that they heard and believed. And so now Paul is saying, if, if it's because you heard and believed in Jesus Christ that you know the true God, why then do you think that you need works of the law? You're not going to know God any better through works of the law. Your relationship with God is not going to become any better through works of the law. It's only through Jesus Christ. And these are that's what these rhetorical questions are, are seeking to communicate. So we get into what faith actually is and actually means in the next mm-hmm. question. Read Galatians 3, 7 through 9, and Hebrews 11, 1 to 2. Would you like to read those for us? Sure. All right. Galatians, we'll start with Galatians chapter 3, verse 7. Know then that it is those of faith who are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, If you shall all the if you shall all in sorry, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And then Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is being now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I, I almost went back to my, my grade school memorization of this verse in uh, from the NIV. The NIV <laughs> says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That's uh, the ESV gets gets it a little more clear. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The power mm-hmm. of faith isn't being sure of what we hope for. The power of faith is that what we hope for is sure, or that what we hope for is certain. And what we hope for is not in what we see. So the, the Galatians were tempted to put their hope in what they could see. And and the, the influencers or the people trying to get the Galatians to accept the works of the law, they believed that in order to know that you are with the people of God, in order to know that you are a child of Abraham, you need to be able to see the works of the law on your flesh. And that's circumcision, right? Uh, either you or your father uh, need to be circumcised in order to know that you are part of the family of God. But Paul here points to faith, the promise came to Abraham by God directly, and the promise came to Abraham before the law came to Abraham. And Abraham received the promise first. He didn't receive the law, he received the promise, and he believed not in the law that he received, but he believed in the promise. And so the same thing is true for Christians today. We believe in the promise. So what is faith? Faith is trusting in the promise. If that's that's the one simple word I would define faith with is trust. Faith is trust in what we hear rather than what we see. So moving on to question three, 
taking a look at the next few verses in Galatians chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. And we have some other books to look at as well. James 2.10 and Psalm 14, verses 2 through 3. Why are all those who rely on works of the law under a curse? All right. Let's read Galatians first. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written... Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. And uh, James 2.10 Now, James is very big on making sure our works reflect the faith that we have. So he says, so James will say faith without works is dead. But that's not to say that James believes that the law of God brings life. Because in James chapter 2, verse 10, he says, For everyone who keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. So the law of God is an all or nothing thing. You don't get to pick and choose what you will keep and what you will not. And when you fail to keep the law, the whole law, all the curses of the law, come down on those who fail to keep it. And Psalm 14 verses two and three, Paul also quotes in the book of Romans. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. So why are all who rely on the works of the law under a curse? Because the law cannot be followed by Christians. By anyone. The law cannot be fulfilled by a mere human being, by an individual or a community. It can't be fulfilled. And if it can't be fulfilled, uh, then it cannot bring life. Moving on to question four. In Galatians 3, 10 to 12, Paul writes that the law is not of faith. Read Galatians 6, 12, and Philippians 3, verses 4 through 6. How do works of the law require us to look to what can be seen? How is this different from faith? What do those verses say for us, Pastor? All right. Galatians 6, 12. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. So it is only those who want to make a good showing in the flesh. See, Paul is pointing out that the the people who are trying to, to force or push the Mosaic law on the Gentile Christians are want to prove themselves by their flesh. And uh, Philippians chapter 3, 4 to 6. Uh, 
We'll read that, Philippians 3, 4 through 6. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrew, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. So Paul here is, is pointing, if he has any confidence in the law, he's pointing to what he can see. He's pointing to what is evidence, evident before the eyes of all people, namely his, uh, the reality of his birth, his ancestry, uh, the, his, his public persecution of the church, the, the works of a Pharisee, uh, the, the holy works that uh, he had confidence in that he would have been doing uh, in order to be seen by others. Uh, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, do not be like the Pharisee in your, uh, in your prayers and in your righteous works. So Paul writes, the works of law is not of faith in Galatians, because the work of the law is all about what you can see. But faith is about what we hear. It is about what we do not see. It is about the promise of God in Jesus Christ coming to us. That's the difference. It is confidence in what God is speaking rather than what we can see in ourselves. We're searching the scriptures in the October issue of The Lutheran Witness with Pastor Matthew Wood. We're taking a look at Galatians chapter 3 today. We have more to study when we come back. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are taking a look at Searching the Scriptures in the October issue of The Lutheran Witness. If you have your copy in front of you, I believe this is on page 25. We're looking at the promise of Christ, digging into Galatians chapter 3 today with Pastor Matthew Wood, serving the Lord in Indonesia with Indonesia Christian Lutheran Church. And uh, today, Galatians chapter 3, moving on to question number 5 now, Pastor, taking a look at Galatians chapter 3, verses uh, verse 13, and then Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 47. How does Christ redeem us from the curse of the law? All right. So Galatians 3, chapter, or Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. <clears throat> Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So, 
sometimes the question just asks you to repeat what the verse says, right? Christ <laughs> redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, namely on his cross. Christ took on the weight of all the law, all of everything that, that we as humans have broken, everything that we as humans would uh, break in the future. This is a sacrifice once for all time, the book of Hebrews will say. So the cross of Christ covers the, the saints of the Old Testament who lived before Christ, and it also covers us and our sin who come after him. In the cross, Paul, or in the cross, Christ takes all of it on himself and he puts it to death. And Jesus Christ himself says this is necessary in uh, the book of Luke, chapter 24. This is maybe my favorite section of the Gospels where Jesus just lays it out so clearly what his ministry was for. And so 44 to 47, Luke 24, 44 to 47. Then Jesus said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everyone, everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to him, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. So this is, this is God's plan. It has been God's plan all along, even throughout the entire Old Testament. Everything written in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms is fulfilled in Jesus Christ and in his death and resurrection. And all of that is for repentance and forgiveness. All of that is to bring to us the promise, the word, that we are now in a good relationship with our Heavenly Father, with our Creator, because of what Christ has done. Mm -hmm. We get more of God's promises in the next question, uh, question six. Read Galatians 3, verse 14, and Genesis 12, 2 through 3, and 15, 5 through 6. What is the promise God made to Abraham, and how did Abraham receive this promise? What do those verses say for us, Pastor? All right, we'll start with Galatians. So that in Christ Jesus, the, begin, the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. It's always good to review the story uh, in the Old Testament. So Genesis, what are the promises to Abraham? Genesis 12, verses 2 through 3. God is speaking to Abram at this time. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you. I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And then that promise comes again in chapter 15, 5 through 6. And God brought Abraham outside. And said, look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to them, so shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed God, the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. 
These are important promises because they are promises that come to Abram, uh, who is his name is later changed to Abraham. They are promises that come to him, not by the law, but purely by the gift and grace of God. And he receives them, not by the law, but by trust, by trusting in the word of this promise. And so Paul proclaims in Galatians that we then also are children of Abraham, children of God, not because of some work that we have done, but simply because we hear God's promise, you are my child, the promise that we hear in baptism. You are my child, God says. And hearing that promise, we trust it. That's how Abraham received, Abraham received the promise. That's how we received the promise. On to question seven. Jesus Christ is the offspring of Abraham who brings the promised blessing to all nations. What promise does Jesus speak to you? Where do you hear these promises? How do you receive them? All right. Well, what promises does Jesus speak to you? Well, he speaks the promise, which I already mentioned in baptism, that you are mm -hmm. my child. He speaks to us every time we go to, to the divine service, every time we go to church and we hear the news of forgiveness, when we confess our sins, and when the pastor stands before us and proclaims, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that's Jesus speaking to us a promise that we are forgiven. And when we read the scriptures, and when we hear promises about how Jesus will raise us up on the last day, about how Jesus will not lose one who has who is in his hand, about how Jesus is the good shepherd, those are those are promises for us. We are in God's mind when he makes the promise to Abraham, in you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. We're part of that group. We're part of those who are blessed through Abraham. And these promises come to us through our churches, through our congregations, through our communities of faith. They come to us through our devotions, through our readings of the scriptures. They come to us through good Christian friendships uh, when we need encouragement and our Christian friends speak to us the promises and word of God. And they come to us freely and we receive them through faith and trust. So then, uh, now that we are through these questions, what what takeaways do we have uh, to, to take us through uh, the rest of our vocations on this day? Well, in the introduction and conclusion, I quote Psalm 24. It's one of my favorite psalms. And in, in verses three to six, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? So who is worthy to stand before God? And Christ in his life, his death and resurrection 
has shown us that he alone is worthy to stand before God. And he promises that he also stands with us and will bring us to where he is. And so we can have confidence about our relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. For Christ has ascended the mountain of the Lord. He's received the blessings from the Lord, and he's distributed those blessings to us. And so we are free, freed from fear and worry about uh, how much we've done or whether we've uh, done, whether we're doing something with pure enough motives. Uh, we're free for, from all of that worry uh, because we have been brought close to God, our Heavenly Father, and Jesus Christ. And now freed from how we're going to be judged on our works, uh, we, God points us to, to our neighbors to bring this blessing to them. Not in a uh, do this or else, but in a I've given you everything to be a blessing uh, so, so now you can also be a blessing to others. Well, Pastor, thank you for helping us study uh, Galatians chapter 3 today in the uh, Searching the Scriptures, the October issue of the Lutheran Witness. And you'll be back in November, I understand, as well, to help us study the Word then, too, right? Correct. Any hints on what we might get to study in November with you? Oh, I think you'll have to stay stay tuned. <laughs> the Reverend Matthew Wood serving the Lord in Indonesia with Indonesia Christian Lutheran Church, searching the scriptures in the Lutheran Witness October issue. Thanks so much, Pastor Wood, for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Thank you. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.